This week and the next two weeks, we will be focusing on faith. This week on how faith acts, and next week, faith in opposition, and then faith in waiting, which is part of what takes that perseverance. And then in the, the next 12 weeks after that, we'll be looking at what disciples do, not just what they believe, what disciples do. So, a mini-series and then a longer series here. Well, let us pray for illumination. God of wisdom, by your spirit, may your word be proclaimed so that we may know good news in our hearts and minds and bear witness to the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ in word and in deed. Now quiet in us any voice but yours so that we may hear your word to us today. Amen. Well, if you think about it, there are two main ways to learn what a word means. First of all, there are definitions in our reading from the 11th chapter of Hebrews and a few verses in the 12th starts with a definition of faith. Now, the second way to learn what a word means has the fancy name instantiation. But all that means is pointing to instances or examples. For example, that's one of the ways people learn colors. Your mom and dad probably did not say, now, sweetie, red is a color next to orange at the end of the visible spectrum. It's perceived with light of wavelengths from 622 to 780 nanometers. <laughs> they did not give you that scientific specification for red, <clears throat> unless they were physics professors, and even then they probably didn't. What they did is they pointed at objects that y'all could see saying, red, 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 not red. Oops, that's Carolina blue. <laughs> The 11th chapter of Hebrews includes what you might call the Faith Hall of Fame. One of my Bible commentaries called it an encomium of faith. Now that's a word I had to look up. Nobody was around to point to it and say encomium, encomium, encomium. <laughs> um, an encomium is an expression of glowing and warmly enthusiastic praise. The word comes from a couple of Greek words. That means in, means in. And the other word comes from komos, meaning celebration. So it's in celebration. It's an occasion of praise and celebration. And the, when the Greeks came up with this word, guess what they were preparing to celebrate? Well, let me give you a hint. What has been the only thing on NBC TV for the last week or two and uh, next week? <coughs> the Olympics. So the early encomiums were prepared to celebrate Olympic heroes. So the writer of Hebrews first defines faith and then points to outstanding examples of faith in the history of Israel and then describes the life of faith as an athletic event, a race to be run. So listen now for the word of God from Hebrews 11, we'll do the first verse and then jump to the 29th. Now faith 
is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land, but when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they'd been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had received the, sp the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For time would fa fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in half. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, may my words and all our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What is faith? How does faith see? Look at things. How does faith run? Well, let me tell you a story. One summer, our family went on a great adventure to California. On our bus tour of San Francisco, we saw many of the city sights, but some of our sightseeing was in our rental car. Not long after we'd found the house that Robin Williams and Sally Field used in that movie, you remember Mrs. Doubtfire? We ascended one of those famous San Francisco hills and as we crested the hill, we came to a full stop, a dead stop in the middle of the intersection. So I turned to Betty and said, honey, what's wrong? <laughs> and in the most tentative voice she has ever used in her life, she said, I cannot move 
forward. I cannot see the street at all. Looking at the windshield, she could only see the sky. And she was not ready to drive into that. So we did a U-turn right there and headed downhill on a road she could actually see. Well, in a, on a hill in a city we did not know and a car we did not own, that was not the time to take a leap of faith. But each of the people named in the 11th chapter of Hebrews had taken a leap of faith, had followed God's call when they could not see the road ahead. And that's why they're listed in that faith hall of fame. They were commended to us as examples for two reasons. First, because they were steadfast in the face of persecution. That gruesome business of sawn in half, that's what they said happened to Isaiah. It was terrible. And the secondly, because they moved onward and outward to a heavenly goal. Abraham, for example, took a leap of faith when God called him to leave his homeland and go to a land that God would show him. Imagine picking up all your stuff in your family and they say, where are y'all going? We don't know. God's going to show us. But that's what he did. Sarah was faithful because she held to the belief that God would keep that promise of a child and for generations who would eventually bless the world. Noah was faithful in building that ark, and don't you know his neighbors had something to say about all that. <coughs> and first, Moses, Moses was faithful to God despite royal opposition, and then he was faithful in leading the Exodus, and then leading those whiny people of Israel during their many years in the desert. You may remember one time they said, it would have been better off back there in slavery where we had, you know, uh, plenty of meat and all the rolls we could eat. They complained all the time. Well, in the first verse we read from Hebrews 11 today, several of the judges and kings of Israel were listed um, as examples of faith, and we read a list of nine examples of the, some of the things they did, nine examples of their accomplishments. The sixth verse of Hebrews 11 tells us that just how important faith is. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, for whoever would approach God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Well, you may ask, so what? How do all these people way back then relate to me, to my life? Well, that word that began the 12th chapter, therefore, signals that now that we've considered this great cloud of witnesses who are some of the great heroes in the faith of the history of Israel, we're about to hear two things we're to do. First, we're to lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and secondly, run with perseverance, the race that is set before us. And how do we do that? We do that by focusing on the only example of perfect faith, by looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter, the author and finisher of our faith, who endured the cross for you and me, 
You see, Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. Jesus paid our debt that we could never pay. He died for us. The Presbyterian preacher and writer Frederick Beekner says that faith is better understood as a verb than as a noun, as a process rather than a possession. It's an on-again, off-again thing, not a once-and-for-all thing. Faith is not being sure where you're going, but going anyway. It's a journey without maps. You see, we don't have the map, but we have Almighty God as our guide. We will all face troubles in life, but we will not face them alone. For God is with us. Thanks be to God. May God who knows us and loves us, who calls us and saves us, bless you and me with vision to see, faith to believe, and courage to act. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.